0: Hello, everyone. I hope you guys are having a great Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah, and I'm your host of Killer Instinct. I do want to preface this episode with I am feeling a little bit under the weather. So if my voice is either a little bit raspier or sounds a little bit different, try to bear with me because that is why. So as you can tell by the title of today's episode, today we are talking about the unsolved case of Dylan Koshman. Dylan was 21 years old when he went missing from Edmonton, which is a city in Alberta, Canada. Dylan was born on April 11th, 1987 to his parents Melanie Alex and Dan Koshman. So Dylan grew up in a small town before moving to Edmonton. And according to his mom, Melanie, she says that Dylan was just at a point in his life where he wanted to experience life in a bigger city. He wanted to experience adventure and just have a change of lifestyle than what he was typically used to. And once he moved to Edmonton, things seemed to be going very well for Dylan. Dylan got a job as an apprentice pipe fitter, and he also got a girlfriend named Erin Huff. Dylan was living in Edmonton in a house with two of his cousins. His cousins' names are Colin DeMason and Nick Koshman And obviously, because Aaron and Dylan were dating, they were going to be spending a lot of time together. And Aaron spent a lot of time over at Dylan's house that he shared with his cousins. And over time, it was very apparent that Colin and Nick kind of had a little bit of an issue with the amount of time that Aaron was spending at the home and thought that if she was Going to be spending so much time then she should be chipping in on a rent and things like that. So because Colin and Nick had such strong opinions about Erin helping out financially, it definitely caused tension in the house and amongst all of the roommates. Now, according to Aaron, she said that the one who was more vocal out of the two and the one who seemed to kind of be the ringleader was definitely Colin. Colin was definitely vocal with Dylan about the fact that he didn't like how much time Aaron was spending at the house and not having to pay for anything financially. So because of all of the tension in the house, Dylan did say to Aaron before his disappearance that he did want to move out. He was planning on moving out and was just trying to find the right time in order to do that. So it was Thanksgiving weekend in Canada, and for Thanksgiving in Canada, it's a little bit different than how we celebrate Thanksgiving in the United States as far as the time frame of it. Thanksgiving in the United States is the third Thursday of every November, but in Canada, it's actually in the second weekend of October, and in this particular year, it was on October 13th. So in the weekend leading up to October 13th, everyone was out celebrating and drinking, and on this particular night, October 11th, like I said, people were partying, drinking, and Colin and Dylan ended up getting into a pretty heated argument that turned into a full-on fistfight at about 4am on October 11th. And during this argument, Colin told Dylan that Dylan had to move out of their home. Nick, who was also Dylan's cousin, said that prior to Colin and Dylan getting into this fistfight, Dylan was hanging out with his other, cousin who didn't live in the home permanently but was there just visiting and that cousin's name is Cameron. So Dylan and Cameron were talking to each other and apparently according to Nick he said he overheard Dylan and Cameron talking about how they were going to try and instigate a fight with Colin when Colin got home later that night and once Nick heard about Dylan and Cameron's plan he texted Colin and told him what he had heard just to kind of give Colin a little bit of a warning before he came home. That way he more so knew what he was walking into. I wasn't able to figure out exactly what the fight was about, but I do know that there was a lot of tension in the house that I mentioned prior and I think that it just got to a point where it reached a breaking point between everyone and Dylan was the last one to move into the house, so I think that's why Colin felt like he had a little bit of authority over Dylan and Colin was also 31 at this time and like I said, Dylan was 21 years old, so there was a 10-year age gap between Colin and Dylan and the argument that the two of them got in got so heated, like I said, it became physical and Colin ended up crashing Dylan into the stove and the two of them started wrestling with each other and then according to Nick, Nick said that during the fight that he actually left the room to get a drink of water and when he came back, he said that Colin told him that Dylan was gone and that he left out the back door and that was a about 4 o'clock, 4 30 in the morning on October 11th. So there was actually a neighbor who called 911 at 4 o'clock in the morning on October 11th to report the fight to police. But after the fight was reported, police didn't end up getting to the house until several hours later and by the time they got to the house police knocked on the door but there was no answer from anyone so they just decided to leave. According to Erin, Dylan's girlfriend, she said that she was texting with Dylan at about 3 30 that morning on October 11th and she was out with her friends that night and she was texting with Dylan about possibly coming over to Dylan's house after she was done with her night out with her friends so she told Dylan to leave the door unlocked just in case she ended up coming over afterwards, and at about 3.30, Erin texted Dylan and called him multiple times, but she never got an answer, so Erin just assumed that Dylan had fallen asleep, and she ended up going back to her own house to sleep that night. Dylan also had sent a text to his brother Derek at about 4 o'clock AM and said to him, quote, what is your number? End quote. And that was the last time anyone has been known to hear from Dylan. When I saw that he said, what's your number to his brother, Derek, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Cause why would you be texting your brother saying, what's your number? I feel like he must've been in some like delusional state, or maybe he just wasn't right in his mind at that moment. Like maybe if during his fight with Colin, he hit his head on something and that caused him to kind of just be out of it for that. moment in time that would make a little bit more sense to me as to why he would be texting Derek what's your number but for other than that reason I really can't understand why else he would be texting Derek asking that. So just to be clear at this point, the story that was being stuck to is the fact that after the fight that Dylan and Colin got into, Dylan walked out of the back door and has never been seen since. He walked out of the back door at four o'clock in the morning. This is the story that Colin tells. He walked out the back door at four o'clock in the morning wearing jeans, skateboard shoes, and a black t-shirt. And mind you, it was snowing outside. It was very, very cold outside. Temperatures were very low. He was not in any way, shape, or form wearing the right clothes to be out in weather like that, especially at that time of the morning. So it wasn't until the later part of the day on October 12th that Aaron had called Dylan's phone multiple times over and over and over again after not hearing from him during the earlier portion of that day, but each time she would end up calling Dylan, it just went straight to voicemail, and that was until after multiple attempts, someone actually did pick up the phone, but it wasn't Dylan. It was Colin, and Colin had told Aaron that Dylan wasn't there. He hadn't been there for the whole day. He walked out of the house and hasn't been back since and Aaron asked Colin if she could come over and get her things from Dylan's house to which Colin replied no and that she wasn't allowed to come over whatsoever so this is when Erin started to get worried and she thought if dylan walked out of the house and hasn't been heard from since did he get hit by a car did he slip and hit his head somewhere did something happen to him so she started calling all of the local hospitals in the area to see if any of them had any record of dylan being there but none of them did and none of the hospitals had any record of dylan being there Okay, we're gonna take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? All right, you guys, welcome back. So Dylan went missing on Saturday, October 11th, in the early hours of Saturday, October 11th. And that following Tuesday, Dylan was supposed to go to work. And at this point, no one had heard from him whatsoever since he went missing. And so his family waited to see if he would show up to his shift on Tuesday, but he never ended up showing up. And this is when Dylan's brother, Derek, got a phone call from Dylan's work saying that he never showed up for his shift. And everyone knew at this point that something was very, very wrong. This was completely unlike Dylan's behavior to just kind of go MIA like this. So the next day on Wednesday, Dylan had been missing at this point for five days and Derek decided that the next step would be to call their mom, Melanie, to tell her what was going on. And once Melanie heard what had happened, she immediately called the Edmonton Police Department. But unfortunately, they told her that she was not able to file a police report over the phone because she wasn't in the same county or district. She was in a completely different city, I believe. So she wasn't able to report someone missing over the phone. And once she heard that, obviously she was very frustrated, but she ended up calling Colin and she told Colin that he needed to file a missing persons report for Dylan and explained to him that she couldn't do it and that he was the one that needed to do it. But Colin never filed that missing persons report. And by the time Dylan had been missing for a full week, Melanie decided to fly out to Edmonton to start searching for Dylan. There were multiple search parties led by Dylan's family and a ton of volunteers just from the community that came together to try and find Dylan. Dylan's family, and when I say his family, I mean like his immediate family, like his mom and his brother, Derek, and his dad, they were extremely frustrated with how the police handled this case. Derek said that he remembers multiple times the police asking him if Derek and his family had found any new information out and obviously that's very frustrating because to hear that from the police when it's their job to be the one to find out the new information and so Derek was very frustrated at the fact that police came to him and asked for new information when he felt like that was supposed to be their job. Police did do their own searches with search dogs and conducted it in the way that they typically do, but unfortunately their search was unsuccessful as well. What they did find though is they found Dylan's wallet with his ID and credit cards in it, and they found his wallet in a neighbor's yard. And finding his wallet was obviously not a good sign because that meant that wherever he was, he didn't have his wallet and he also didn't have his cell phone. And eventually the searches for Dylan on the police's side just came to a halt because because they weren't able to find anything and they weren't able to locate him after multiple attempts of trying to do so. The police ended up telling Dylan's family that they didn't have probable cause to do mass searches for him any longer. Police kind of came to the conclusion that they believe that due to the circumstances of Dylan's disappearance, meaning his state of mind because he was drinking that night and his surroundings. So considering the fact that he didn't have his wallet, he didn't have his phone and it was very, very, very cold outside that night and like I said Dylan wasn't dressed for the cold weather that night so based off of this information police kind of came to their own conclusion that they don't believe that Dylan would have been able to survive for very long if he had walked out of the house that night like Colin said considering the conditions that he was in when he left the house. Obviously hearing that as one of Dylan's family members was extremely frustrating for them because they just felt like they kept getting no answers. There was one person in Dylan's family though who didn't believe that this case was as black and white as the police were making it out to be and that was Dylan's aunt Aileen. So according to Dylan's aunt she didn't understand why Colin didn't report Dylan as missing in the first place like within the first 24 hours first 48 hours even after he was called to do so he still didn't do it and that was very questionable to Dylan's aunt. Colin also didn't help participate in the searches that were going on barely at all. During one of the searches, instead of helping to participate, he actually just went skydiving instead and in the beginning of the investigation, Dylan's family including Colin and Nick and his extended family as well as police and investigators had a sit-down meeting and Colin decided to blur out in the back of the room how people go missing from Edmonton all the time and a lot of times, bodies get found at construction sites. So this, obviously, this is a very bizarre thing to say. In general, it's a bizarre thing to say. um, And it really rubbed a lot of Dylan's family members the wrong way, especially his aunt. And the reason for this, besides the fact that it's just a bizarre thing to say, is the fact that this was in the beginning of the investigation, and at this point, everyone in Dylan's family was trying to stay optimistic and stay with the hopes that Dylan is possibly still alive at this point and for Colin to just blurt out that his body might be at a construction site was really odd behavior but at the same time it's not incriminating. It's not a smoking gun for police. It was just a weird thing to say because also if you think about it if Colin is throwing out the idea that Dylan's body could be at a construction site that means that Colin may or may not believe that Dylan was in harm's way and why wouldn't if he were reported Dylan as missing if he thought that he was in danger. Colin even said when Dylan first went missing, quote, I'm not his keeper, end quote, when Melanie was asking Colin to be more involved and to report him as missing. That's what he said, I'm not his keeper. Police adamantly believe that the people that they were investigating, aka mostly the family that lived with Dylan in that house, so Colin and Nick, as well as I believe Nick's girlfriend was there that night, and Cameron, who was the other cousin visiting, they believe that the people in that house are lying to them and trying to cover something up. They do believe that because years and years have passed, they may be able to use that to their advantage because they're hoping that with over time, people's conscience could really get the best of them and they could come forward with new information. Dylan's Aunt Aileen is really the only person who feels like Colin could have had something to do with Dylan's disappearance. The rest of Dylan's family really doesn't want to believe that their own family members could possibly be responsible for something like this. And if we're going with the theory that Colin and the other roommates did have something to do with the disappearance, because that is a really big theory, it's probably the main theory in this case, I don't think personally, just, just my opinion, that there was any premeditative motive. I think it's just very possible that Dylan and Colin got into a fight and it ended a lot worse than expected and all of the cousins just came together to help cover it up. This case is really frustrating because there really isn't a lot of information, but police really do believe that this is a homicide and they also believe that the likelihood that Dylan walked out of the house that night and has never been seen since is pretty unlikely because if he just went missing, if he just walked out of the house and something happened to him, like he got hit by a car or he succumbed to the weather conditions that he was in, police believe, and this is just fact, you would have found him by now. His body would have been found by now. But the fact that no one has been able to find Dylan's bodies to this day, this has been, we're talking years years and years later, police do believe that Dylan was murdered the night that he went missing and they're just doing their best to try to piece the missing pieces of this puzzle together. And like I said, Dylan's family really does not believe that Colin or any of the other roommates had anything to do with this. They have said that, you know, they don't want to believe that a family member could be responsible for something like this. But like I said, police really do think otherwise, and it's just a matter of piecing the missing pieces together. I've never read that police ever did a luminol test on the house, meaning search for blood with a black light over the house. I never read that they did that. Um, my curiosity lies in if there were any footprints that were found leaving the house of Dylan's. Um, I just, you know, finding little information to see if he physically did walk out of that house that night on his own. But from what I could tell, I wasn't really able to find any information um, supporting that but as far as information that really is it and I know it's so frustrating because you want more information out of this and you want more evidence and more proof but there really isn't any and it's so sad because all Dylan's family wants is answers, his mom wants answers, his dad wants answers and they so deserve that. Let me know what you guys think. DM me and send me in emails at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com about your theories regarding this case. I think the main two theories are Dylan never walked out of that house that night. The people that were in that house are covering something up. And the second theory is that he did walk out of the house and he, you know, I don't know what happened to him after that. His body's never been found. So please let me know what you think. Share this podcast. Let's get the word spread more and more about Dylan. His family so deserves answers for this. With that being said, you guys, that's going to be it for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name's Savannah. I'm your host of Killer Instinct. Make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We post new episodes every single Wednesday and you are not going to want to miss it. I'll be back in next week with a brand new case for you guys. And until then, have a great week. Instinct. Stay safe.